Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Mickey Mike's Up. The NWSL season is wrapping up today and it's almost Thanksgiving and I'm ready to go home and relax and take a break from school because things have been so, so wild. That's the best way to explain it. There's been a lot going on in my life right now and I just, I need... So I have a guest joining me on today's episode, and I'm really excited about it. We had a really great conversation, and so on today's episode, we have Jenna Tonelli, who writes for Jersey Sporting News and helps cover Gotham FC, and we just really talked about what her job entails and what we think about this past season, Gotham-wise, and just what about the final and all that fun stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy it. How did you get into soccer and then like how did that turn into you covering Gotham? Yeah so uh, I I never played soccer or anything except for like you know when I was 11 years old at like the youth level and I actually was a, a tennis player in high school um, but I started getting into soccer by following the U.S. women's national team um, watching the world cups and like uh, 2011 and it was really the 2015 World Cup that really sealed the deal for me as being a soccer fan and it was around that time where I started to think you know there's a league here too and I probably should start paying attention to what's going on there yeah uh, so you know I'm from New York so the local team is Sky Blue now Gotham um, so I just kind of started to loosely follow the team and you know it was kind of hard to watch the games back then um and I was lazy so you know I would just kind of check in see what yeah. was going on and and loosely follow but then I once the game started to become more accessible like 2018 2019 I started like really following the team a lot more um and then how I got into to covering them was really ridiculous so um covering them like many people in NWSL media is not my full-time job I have a full-time job on on top of covering the team um and one day I tweeted out like I would always tweet stuff about the team or whatever I tweeted out like something so silly um about you know Gotham and the Olympics something like really really silly and it got for whatever reason a lot of attention (laughs) and I had a uh a website Jersey Sporting News reached out to me and, and he said you know I've been following you you know, seem to know a lot about Gotham we're looking for uh, a writer to come on board and cover them and this was like early uh this season and at first I was like that is so like outside of the realm of anything that I thought that I would do um but I I thought you know what like might as well give it a shot what's the worst that could happen I'm bad at it and then I stop and that's it um but so I started covering them this year and I just I really I really loved it um because not only do I love soccer and I love watching the games and and all that but I really love um telling like the human side of it like about the athletes and the coaches and and who they are like I love interviewing them and and telling the story of them because to me that's just as interesting it's what's going on on the field um so I just kind of grabbed that and ran with it and it's it's been going pretty well so I'm really excited to keep going yeah no it's been going really well I love like reading your stuff it's so fun thank you and I feel like I feel like a lot of times like it's really easy for people to forget that like they're people too because like you're watching them on a screen and like until you go to a game in person it's like they're not real like they're just they're just little tiny soccer players on my on my computer screen or tv screen and so I think that it is like really important to show like the real aspect of things like when you talk to Paige about like her coming back from her 
injury and everything like that like I love that one because I like people are just like well we miss watching them play but like they're going through so much trying to get back on the field and that that like gets so overlooked sometimes and so yeah it's really important that there's like people out there who are like wanting to show and highlight that stuff because that's just as important as like oh look who scored the game winning goal like right I totally agree with that 100% and and I loved talking to Paige Monahan because um I remember, and I, I spoke about this with her and I wrote about in the article, watching her in her rookie season when she scored her first two goals against Chicago. And I remember watching that game and just being so excited and happy for her to have been able to do that. And I was kind of really excited to watch her grow with the team. So when she picked up that injury, I was really devastated for her um, because, you know, people forget like she's, she was only just drafted in 2019. Yeah. So she's kind of new-ish you know 2020 no, was for, kind of like a I forget a what all the season, time but yeah <laughs> I forget all the time that she like just turned 25 like in my head like Paige has been playing for so long and then I'm like wait it's only been it's a great few seasons. though because yeah if she has like that that presence on the field yeah. which is so great and then speaking with her about everything she went through you, you do truly get the sense of like how difficult that is and how much it means to her and and other players like I spoke with Caprice Didasco about her uh three ACL tears that, she's had in her career and it's just yeah. crazy to see where she is now her coming back off of a third ACL injury and then having like the best season ever was like insane like she deserves everything she's getting right now. Yeah, and probably more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I voted her for the Gotham Defender of the Year. <laughs> oh yeah, I just I just filled mine out. <laughs> I I, fe- I felt so bad picking people. I'm like I love them all. I know it really is hard, and and I I won't spoil who who I voted for, but um when I was going through those, well I will say one because it was. I think it's an obvious winner. And one of the questions that they asked was who was, who had the best outfits and it's Mandy Freeman. I yeah, mean, hands obviously. down, like you can't pick anyone else. No. But some of no, those Mandy, questions, like Mandy always has the best outfits. I've like oh. DM'd her about it and been like, girl, your outfits are like <laughs> top tier. Like you gotta, where, where'd you get them? I have to make, they're honestly, I think she thrifts a lot yeah, of them. Yeah, most which of is, them are thrifted, which is so cool. It's so like, to, she has such a great eye for that. Like I would go into a thrift store and just be really overwhelmed and leave. So I <laughs> I really appreciate that she does that. Um, but some of the questions they asked on that survey, like mo- player who was most slept on, I was like, oh God, like I, uh, so many of them. Yeah. I don't even know which which person to pick because there's so many players on that team that are just like quietly doing the, the work. Yeah. And maybe they're not like, the, you know, the big the flashy scorers or anything, but they're doing the work that made that team so solid this year. So I'm really interested to see who wins. Those. Yeah, no, it'll for sure be, be interesting to see what, and like the fan favorites part, I'm like, obviously like, I, I mean, I posted what I voted for on Twitter because I have no shame, but <laughs> I was like, so I voted Paige for that, but I'm like, I feel like so many people are going to vote, vote Midge just because everyone loves Midge. And I'm like, I want Paige to get recognition because I, I love know. her. <laughs> I took, I, I took a bus eight hours to go see her. Oh, that's amazing. No, she's, she's so inc- an incredible player. And now that I've been able to speak with her, like just an incredible person. And yeah. I'm really, really hoping that the team protects her in the draft, because I think there's so much more to come from her. I mean, yeah. she, she's got, you know, like the it factor, I think, and, and just needs the time and, and she's space from to grow. Jersey. So that's like, right. <laughs> she can't leave. That's right. That's right. And I really like that. I think the club in general has done a really good job of having local talent and yeah. local players on the team. And I think that's really, really important. And it, it really creates like a more community feel around the team. Yeah. Especially like 
I feel like one of the biggest things with Gotham is that they're always like giving back to the community and doing like a lot of community outreach. And so I think that having so many people who like grew up in the area there to do that, like makes the work that they're doing so much more important because like they're giving back to the communities that they grew up playing soccer in. And it's so like, it's so cool I to me. Like, I did an interview this season also with Sabrina Flores, who she's from Jersey as well. And she talked a lot about like the giving back to the community aspect and, yeah. and, and inspiring like young girls and boys, honestly, in the, in the area and in the community to, you know, see, see what's there and, and see women playing soccer and professionally. And it was a, speaking with her was absolutely fantastic. She had such great insight. Um, really loved that, that interview. I love what Sabrina does on like mental health, like, cause she speaks out a lot about that. And there was a, there's actually a mental health, like walk in the town next to me, like at home. And she was like one of like the leaders kind of like of it who helped like put it all together and was, <laughs> but uh, she, I don't think that she ended up being there in person because it was like Gotham's like first away game, mm, but like okay. she did a lot of work with it. And I thought that it was like super cool that like something so close to me, like these players were like doing. And I just really like that about the club. Yeah, I do too. And in general, I really like how much more open athletes have been in, in all sports over the past couple of years about mental health. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. And it's so, so important. And I, I'm really moved by a lot of what athletes are sharing about their experiences because it really humanizes them and makes us just like you said before like they're not just little dots on a tv screen <laughs> around like those are real people yeah who are, you know have their struggles and their stories and I think it's it's great and I think it just making the world more accepting to those conversations is only beneficial for everybody yeah I definitely think that like mental health in general is like not talked about enough but especially with like athletes it's not talked about like at as much as it should and like they're especially professional athletes like they're like looked at in like every light like on for like on screen and then like what they do off the field and it's like they're just people like trying to play the game that they love sometimes they just need to like just be and like it's normal for people to you know like I think that Bethany Balser has been like really really amazing about like speaking out about mental health and like she didn't play in a game and she like tweeted afterwards that like she was having really bad anxiety about things and she needed to like take a step back and I think that like that needs to be more normalized that like if you're not having a good day like you don't need like obviously it's your job but like if I'm not having a good day I don't go to class like (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's so true and and think about like if your job if if somebody was watching you perform your job like what the added pressure yeah of that of just the performing and I I think the fact that people are able to now take that step back will only make them better. It'll make them better athletes, better at their job, better people, better, you know, teammates. And it's just, there's no downside. So uh, I'm really, really proud of all of the people who have been speaking out about mental health in sports and in general, and just making it more accessible and making it more normalized because everybody goes through it on some level and being able to see like, oh, you know, they're just like us. They're people just like us. And, and they get a lot of criticism for just like you said, on the field, off the field. So I, I'm really looking forward to the future of those types of conversations and hopefully just continues on this trajectory. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely nice to see like changes with certain things happening. And that's for sure one of them. So 
now shifting more back into Gotham and games and stuff like that. This season was kind of, there was a lot going on for Gotham, lots of, lots of stuff happening, but what were some standout moments to you in like the games you went to, or just like conversations you had with people, like all that kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah. So, oh, it's so hard to pick like stand, there's so many standout moments. Um, I mean, just going back to speaking about Paige Monahan when she came back from injury that game when I saw her on yeah. the on the list uh you know she was you know in the 18 she's going to be coming off the bench but I was like yes all right let's see and then I was I mean, so excited I it was awesome and then Midge <laughs> Purse also off injury started in that game yeah and then Paige came off the bench and both Midge and Paige scored a goal and yeah. I when Paige scored hers I mean when Midge scored hers I was like oh my god no that's amazing and when so Paige exciting. scored hers I was like freaking out. I was so happy yeah. for them. And it was felt so storybook to for both of them. I was actually home from college that weekend. Like I just happened to be home. And so I was able to go to the game and I was so happy because I was like, Paige is back, Midge is back. Like this is the perfect game for me to come see when I was home. And then we saw Paige after the game, like she stopped, but like stopped real quick because I have her jersey and she like signed it. It was like, thank you so much. And it was just so like, she's just such like a good person. And I just love, <laughs> like, I just, it was so exciting to just like see her back and see how excited everyone else was for her. Like that was one of my top moments from this season for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about covering Gotham and even just watching them. Cause I'm, of course I'm a fan too. It's just seeing how genuinely that whole team cares about each other. Like the joy on their faces when yeah. their teammates accomplish things like that. Like it really just adds an extra level of something to root for because you are rooting for them as a group um another moment that was really memorable for me <laughs> was the uh the October 6th game um Carly Lloyd's Philadelphia farewell game which um that was a real schlep for me it was like a three <laughs> maybe four hour drive oh my gosh because I'm in Queens so so I had to go all down through Queens all down through Brooklyn all down through Staten <laughs> Island uh you know all down through Jersey so yeah that was that was quite uh, a drive. Um, that was like honestly, a trick. <laughs> it really wasn't. I just went there and back in one night. I know some people stayed over, but I was like, I got to get back. It was like a Wednesday night or something. Yeah. Um. So, but just being there was crazy because like, not only was it Carly's farewell game, so it was a packed stadium, but it was also the first game that was played after the allegations um, against Paul Riley came out in the athletic it was the first game because they had, as you know, like yeah. postponed the games the pre prior weekend. So it, the atmosphere was just, it, it was so strange because it was one of both like celebratory for, for Carly. And also that was Caprice Didasco's 100th appearance. So they did a celebration for yeah. her too, but also like solemn because that was when they first did the protest in the six minute. And we didn't know, like nobody really knew, some people knew, but most people didn't know that that was going to happen. And so all of a sudden when they just stopped play, like, you know, I was sitting in, in the yeah, press box. Yeah, everyone was like, what's going on? Everybody was looking around at each other. And especially because of that game, there was a lot of press who don't normally cover the NWSL who were there, you know, for Carly and, and um, it, it just, everybody was like, there was like an extra layer of, of confusion. Um, and then when they came together, like, I mean, I got chills. I'm not going to lie. Like I yeah. really, I, I really felt it. And honestly, like, this is bad to, to say, but like, I didn't even pay attention to the game that much after that, because I was so in my thoughts about yeah what that means and how powerful that is. And like, so proud of these players for 
coming together and speaking out and finally being agents of change and feeling the power to do that. It was so incredible to witness that moment. And that I'll remember that forever. It was, it was, it was intense, but necessary. I think that it's so important to see like NWSL players like taking a stand and like speaking out because like in the past, like, I don't think that anybody's ever felt secure enough to do that. And so the fact that like, I like, it sucks that they like have to, but like, I'm glad that they are because like things like this shouldn't still be happening. And the fact that like big media only pays attention when bad things happen will forever drive me crazy because there's so many good things that the league has and like the players do and it's just overlooked and like like you said there were so many different media outlets there because it was Carly's last last game but then like none of them are coming to regular Gotham games like when when it's not a big deal for because it's Carly Lloyd's last game and it's so upsetting because people just need to invest in women's sports more because they're so good like you're missing out (laughs) I know it's so true it's it's so true I you know I've been to every home game this season and and so I've seen just kind of like the ebb and flow of of press that comes to the game and and what I noticed this year I mean it was my only year but at the very beginning like the first few games there's a good amount of people there then as the season went on it it dipped a little bit and then you know once the season started ending and and you know Carly announced her retirement then it started going kind of back up again so it's hard for me just based on my experience to know exactly what that's like in prior years but just based on this year alone um there was times where I was the only one on my side of the press box and you know that that stinks and and I really I want more coverage of the sport you know and even if that means someone like me who just covers it for a few local websites you know doesn't get as much access like honestly like that these teams deserve the best these players deserve the best because they are putting on a a product, a performance that is one of the best in the world. I mean, our players, they are on the U.S. women's national team, the most winning (laughs) soccer team, you know, in the world. So, and just the players who aren't even on the national team. Exactly. Canada and people overlook that so much. And I was like, give Kaylin and Evelyn their due credit. They deserve that. Absolutely. And it was so funny. So, uh, I interviewed Caitlin Sherrod and she was, I think the second person I ever interviewed. And I just remember thinking, I was like, wait, me, like uh, me, you're going to talk to yeah. me. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> you just want a gold medal, but oh she was God. awesome. And I, and hilarious. And, and we had a really great conversation and it's, you know, these players deserve great coverage. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's obviously way easier said than done. And there needs to be investment at all levels, like not just from media outlets, but, you know, league level and, and so much more. Um, it's happening slow. I mean, I remember when these games streamed on YouTube and, yeah. you know, or you were lucky if, if you got <laughs> like a link to work and then I think they were on Lifetime for like a hot minute. And yeah. finally, like this, these past couple of years being on Paramount Plus and CBS, it's been a total game changer. And I, I think that the trajectory is only going up and I'm really excited and, and looking forward to seeing what happens in the future. Yeah, no, obviously, like, obviously there's always room for improvement and investment, but there has definitely been a big shift, the league, but like clubs signing like longer term partners and stuff, which is like really good. Cause it shows that like people are willing to not invest in just like, oh, like the entire NWL, but like, I believe in this specific team, which I think is really important because it'll help to grow like fan bases too. Like Red Bull is like packed. 
Like, yeah, no, it's so true. And you know what? Like even separately from the fact that I, my personal opinion is that the players deserve the best coverage is people are just leaving money on the table. I mean, there is money to be made here. Yeah. And ultimately for the sponsors and businesses like that, uh, you know, some of them do have like an altruistic side and, and sure, but really what it comes down to is, is, is it, you know, a worthwhile business opportunity? And it is, I mean, it yeah. is just, just look at what the national team does that could be happening at the NWSL level too. Of course, not overnight, but really the money is being it's getting the there. It is. Yeah. I think it it'll definitely, there. it'll definitely get there. And it's really exciting to be able to see the growth that's happening and that's going to keep happening. And hopefully one day I can like be in the press box with you reporting on things. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe one day. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I wanted to go, um, I know you said that you weren't going to give away who you voted for for things, but just, do you have a favorite like goal that's, that happened this season? I know we kind of mentioned like the page goal, but besides that game, like, I think that I have like one that immediately comes to mind. So I want to know like what you think, like, do you have another favorite goal or like any, anything else? Yeah. So I have two favorite goals. One of them, I'm so mad at myself because for some reason, maybe you'll remember, I can't remember what the game was, but it was, um, it was, well, the first one I do remember, which was uh, Caprice's like Schroff's goal. Yeah, that's the one that I was thinking Yeah, that one was just so good. Like it, first of all, like the buildup was great. And then it just like came out of nowhere. She's just like, I mean, she didn't mean to shoot the ball let's be totally honest but it was amazing it like, was so good <laughs> and her face when she scored it it was like so great I just that was like it. her first NWSL goal it too, was which was so exciting yeah. and I was like go Caprice <laughs> I know um I also love there's a goal that um Ifiana Manu scored where all of a sudden like they were just she was just in the box with the ball like back to goal she turned around somehow and just like shot it right in um I can't remember what game that is and that's gonna kill me and I'm when we're done I'm probably gonna go like look it up and be like oh darn I should have yeah no I can't remember just watching her do that like in I was like wait a minute what how did she do that um and then I also really loved uh Allie Long's goal this year where Caprice served her the ball and she just like got it over the goalkeeper like just her awareness in the box like Allie Long I think is so underrated like her for sure she is just like doing the work it like I, yeah critical I remember, piece for Gotham yeah I remember sitting there and we saw like I was like imagine if Ali Long scores and then she did and we were like what the <laughs> heck just happened uh, it's like, so great what <laughs> it was so great was I love so that good. yeah I'm kind of like I'm kind of mad for her that she wasn't on like, the best 11 or even like the second best 11 because she, literally best passing accuracy in the league this season like one of the best midfielders in the league. I'm justice for her and Andy Sullivan because yeah, especially, I was honestly, really, especially Andy Sullivan. I was really shocked about the two of them not like being in the mix. But it's funny. I actually I have like the the best and second best up on my screen right now because I was looking at it just before we we started recording. And I mean, it's just so funny. Like you know, they have like Rachel Daly on the second best team as a central midfielder and Mallory Pugh yeah. in the midfield. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Mal doesn't play in the midfield. But the way that they did the voting was very strange. Like if if you they 
like they said, like pick like your favorite forwards and midfielders. It was like one selection yeah. box. So it doesn't make me so surprised to see it. And it's been way worse in the past. Um, I was yeah. like, joking with a few people about how much worse it's oh, been. Oh yeah, it's definitely been worse. <laughs> Um, so it, but it is, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, obviously Andy Sullivan and Allie Long, like they should be in that central mid position on, on those yeah. two teams, but, but you got not. some forwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it is what they, it is. Maybe yeah. one day the NWSL will get that part down. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, now I, you're going to Louisville, which very exciting. I wanted to yes. talk a little bit about what you think about the final. Like, did you think that it would end up with these teams? Like, what was your original final prediction if you had one? Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously I wanted Gotham to be in the yeah. final and had they made it, they would have been taking on what I, what I thought was going to be a well frame. So that was yeah. like my, that's ideal, what I wanted it to be. Yeah. That, that was like my ideal final setup. Um, Honestly, it's a major bummer that we lost to Chicago. We, like them on the team, that Chicago I was so upset. (laughs) Um, It was a major bummer. Yeah. Um, Because you saw Chicago take on a Portland Thorns that was a little cut off at the knees there. I mean, they were missing Lindsay Horan and Crystal Dunn in the midfield. And Chicago, I mean, to be fair, Chicago, they treated the midfield in the Gotham game the same exact way they treated it in the Portland game, which was just like overloading that midfield and making yeah. it really difficult to get the ball up and through. And they were able to do that against Gotham and Gotham was basically like paralyzed. Like they couldn't get the ball up and Portland, their midfield was a mess uh, and Chicago took advantage of it. So when I was watching that Portland Chicago game, I was like, darn, like Gotham, could have won that like yeah like, if that was like the same exact situation Gotham would have stood a great chance just you know based on what happened like obviously like you know you can't you can't say what have happened exactly the same way but <laughs> um I I was shocked when so during the during that game I was that was the later game right yeah Portland. yeah so I was cooking dinner um and I can see like the tv through like this like cut out in between my kitchen and the and the uh living room and all of a sudden, like, I just, like, hear, like, the buildup of the the first goal. And I, like, turn around. I was like, what? Yeah. And then when Sarah Waldmo scored the other one, I was like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> like, Sarah, you know, assisting, as a, Sarah assisting yeah. the Mal goal that knocked Gotham out was, like, pain. I was Dagger. like, girl, that was not okay. I know. And the two of them, I mean, granted, Melfi was on Gotham for, like, five minutes 0.2 seconds (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um yeah I mean Sarah Waldmo man talk about an underrated player like she really she she was on Gotham like I think 2015 to 2020 yeah and she I mean she really like stayed and fought and was like a like a stalwart for that team and I'm happy for her because like she deserves to be in a playoff game like she deserves to be in a final like she really really does and I'm like darn you couldn't have done that with (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I think that I I wasn't so I wasn't watching the Portland Chicago game at the start because I was like I was doing something I might have been in the dining hall who knows but I was like on my phone and then all of a sudden I started seeing people like yelling that someone scored and then they said that Kjo scored and I was like what I was like so I was like first of all because then Kelia came off and I was like Mm -hmm. what is going on there I know I I hope she's okay I was like this is not the game to be missing but Mm -hmm. 
I was it was a good game and then the the earlier game the spirit rain game I was I thought that the rain had it in the bag like I'm not gonna lie like not that I like don't think that the spirit's good because obviously like they've been really good this season but like the rain kicked it off like really good like in the starting few minutes and then it just like they lost control and I was like I don't know yeah that game was I mean both these games had a very similar like vibe which was chaotic but the uh (laughs) when I was looking at um some of like the expected goal like race plots um that uh Ariel Drawer does on Twitter and it was just insane to see how much of an opportunity that both Spirit and Chicago took on nothing. Like they basically made something out of nothing. Yeah. And and Rain and uh, Portland, by all other measures, should have been on the front foot in those games, but neither team could finish their chances. Yeah. And Chicago and Spirit, who are not bad teams. I mean, that's the thing about the NWSL is like they're, Everyone is team, so close. Exactly. On any given day, any team could win. I mean, we saw that like Gotham could not beat Louisville, who was, you know, at, at the bottom of the yeah. table, bottom two of the table. And Gotham was in the, you know, like top mid and we, you know, Gotham couldn't beat them. So yeah. it, it just shows like the level of competition in this league. And, um, you know, these are single elimination matches and that those teams, Spirit and Red Stars did what they needed to do. Um, and I, I, you know, the, the good thing about it, even though, obviously I'm still bombed Gotham didn't make it is that we will have a new NWSL champion it will yeah. not be the thorns it will not be the courage it will be someone new and uh that alone is really exciting actually yeah I think that I think that as soon as like Gotham I mean Chicago beat Gotham everyone was like we're gonna have a, a rain thorns final again like everyone yep. was saying it I was like I mean I wouldn't count anyone out anything could happen and look at what happened <laughs> yeah no it's so true it's it's funny because I kind of had the same assumption I was like oh it'll probably just be thorns rain and that'll be a fun match to watch because I've never seen those two teams play each other in person blah blah blah. so I was shocked but not surprised if that makes sense yeah no that makes total sense so do you have like a obviously like Gotham's not there so your team's <laughs> not there but like are we are you pulling for one team specifically or are you just going to watch for and like hang out and all the fun stuff yeah no so I I don't have one I'm rooting for um I I tweeted out the other day that I'm just hoping for maximum chaos um and I'm not even going to the game as media I'm just gonna go and, and enjoy and hang out and meet some some of the awesome people that I've been able to kind of meet you know via the internet yeah. by covering the league this year um and just have fun and, and enjoy it I'm actually kind of really looking forward to that um, little little mini vacation <laughs> uh so I'm just gonna go and uh see what happens but if you if you want to know who I think will win I would put my money on the spirit I think they have I mean with Trinity Rodman yeah being Trinity Rodman and they've just been on a tear lately like they just have like some something really special going on yeah and I could really see them taking it all the way um, I mean, I could see Chicago doing it too. Yeah. They, they've certainly been in this position enough times that they, they're really hungry to finally win. Uh, and they're finally the, not playing Portland or North ex- Carolina in the exactly. final. So they're like, this is our chance. <laughs> exactly. So I could, I mean, like, like we keep saying, like it could be, it could be either one, but yeah. I think the spirit is going to eke it out. I think it'll definitely, it'll definitely be interesting, especially if Chicago's still going to be missing like Mal and like 
no one really knows like what happened to Kelia. So whether she'll be playing or not. So, and those two have been like consistent for Chicago. And then like the spirit kind of seems like they're like, they're good. They're not really missing anyone. So it'll definitely be an interesting matchup to, and just, I feel like it'll just come down to like who wants it more kind of thing. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. Yeah. So just wrapping this up, we're going to talk about food real quick because New Jersey, and New York have the best pizza and bagels. And I think that if anybody on Twitter tries to argue with me about pizza, they're wrong and I'm right. And that's just the way it is because New Jersey has the best pizza. So what is your go-to bagel order? Like if you're getting a bagel, what what are you getting? Uh, Okay. It's so funny because I really wanted to get a bagel today, but I didn't but now I'm definitely going to get one tomorrow because we're about to talk about this and I want one really bad. I can't so, wait to go home and get bagels. <laughs> the bagels here are not good. Uh, it's just not, it really is not. The it's same. not the same. It's not the same. So my order, so I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't do like cream cheese or butter, but I have a place near me in Queens that does like an amazing tofu spread. So Ooh. I do a whole wheat, everything bagel with the tofu spread uh capers tomato and lox oh interesting yes and that is my delicacy (laughs) that sounds so fancy yeah and it's also very expensive with the lox here like crazy expensive so it's like it's like something I like spring for every once in a while it's so worth it my go-to bagel order is okay so I am a vegetarian but I do cheat for for Taylor ham when I am home I do. I do. Looking like a true New Jerseyan. <laughs> I do break my rules a little bit. So I get uh, everything bagel, Taylor ham, egg and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup, and it's the best thing ever. Mm, yeah, I do love, I do love an egg and cheese. I mean, sometimes I'll do like, I'll do like a, a egg and cheese, but I'll just like suffer through it. Yeah, no, I'm like <laughs> slightly lactose. I'm like lactose intolerant too. Like not terribly, but like enough that like, if I eat, if I eat it, like I'm, I'm go. Because first of all, I don't eat meat. And second of all, I shouldn't eat cheese a lot. So when I put both of those things together, like I know that I'm eating that and then doing nothing for the rest of the day. <laughs> but it's worth no, it. I, yeah, it's so true. I, it's so true. Yeah, I've noticed as I've gotten older, my lactose intolerance has gotten worse, which is very sad because I love cheese. And it also it's makes the so pizza good. situation difficult. Yeah, but. that was my next question. What is like your favorite kind of pizza? Do you have a go-to pizza place? So my, my wife is actually from Italy. So we are very spoiled as we, when we go visit her town and we like eat pizza there. And actually, um, in Italy, like the way that they do the pizza is like, you get, um, it's like a, basically like a personal pie. And then you just put like whatever toppings you want on it. Um, so it's also pretty common over there to get a red pizza, which is just like a sauce and toppings and not have the cheese on it. Um, and I love like really salty stuff. So I love capers. I love anchovies. Uh, so the, my go-to pizza place in here in, in Queens um, is like, they have like the pizza oven shipped in from Naples and the guy who owns it is oh, from Italy. That's so like, cool. it's, like, it's so good. Um, so I usually get a, like a red pizza and it has uh, artichokes, uh, prosciutto, mushrooms uh, and anchovies on it and I know some people are probably so grossed out by that but Uh, I I love it I'm not a fan of anchovies particularly but the other parts of it sound good (laughs) you can get it without the anchovies and plus cheese it's actually so it's called a quattro stagione 
my wife's gonna murder me for not having like the, the accent um but it's like so it translates to four seasons and so like each one of the four toppings like oh, represents a season that's so and it's, cool it's like my favorite thing of all time that sounds that actually sounds really good I'll have to tell my dad about that yeah it's delicious it's amazing and there's definitely got to be some like real authentic Italian pizza places in Jersey too so oh yeah so you could find that pretty easily there's, there's definitely places there's a place um right like pretty close to us um it's called spinaccio and i first of all their slices are like boardwalk size slices like Uh, okay so it's like really good because i'll go and i'll get like one slice for like two dollars and like there's there's like a a meal in itself but they do like a white pie with spinach that's it's so good like that's not so good oh also there's olives there's olives on that one too like kalamata olives uh or black olives black olives okay yeah because like olives the kalamata olives goes with like the salty so I was like I mean that sounds interesting and something I might try to do on my own (laughs) because I also really like um I also really love baking so I've gotten pretty good at making like doughs and focaccias and all that kind of stuff so I could definitely like I could I'm I'm brainstorming now (laughs) you should try it I'm going to I love kalamata (laughs) olives like yeah me too like in salads and yeah. stuff and so good no I, lo- I love food but like if like and I'm I'm pretty like lenient about like arguing on Twitter with people about most foods but if pizza or bagels gets brought up I am very passionate and I feel like that's justified I think it is too I mean especially when people from Chicago try to come at you with their casserole and claim that it's pizza I'm yeah it's like no I can't even it's not even worth arguing it's just not or or when they <laughs> tell me that pizza's supposed to be cut into squares I'm like no you grab a slice and you go well that is to be fair there is like the Sicilian pizza which is square so I yeah. will give them that but I prefer but they said the that triangle all, slice. they take a circle pizza and cut it like no. into squares no what that's like no no like I've never a, even heard of that <laughs> That's what they do here in Ohio. And there's, I found one place that like, is like actually pretty decent. And so that's my, my gonna, that's my go-to here, but. Okay, good. I'm glad that you're taking care of over there. I was getting worried. I've, I've been home a few times, like since coming to school. And so I've brought back bagels and I've had that covered, but the pizza situation, I needed to figure it out and now we're good. So when I was in college, I went um, to college in upstate New York and, and um, people would always come back with all the bagels, like when they would go home to like Long Island, yeah. New Jersey or wherever they were from. I'm actually from upstate New York originally. So they would always like bring up all like the New York City <laughs> bagels and we would just like feast on them. <laughs> yeah, I bring home like a dozen bagels, but then like the bagel places are like, if you get a dozen, you get like four extras for free. And so I'll bring home like, I'll bring back like 16 bagels and I'm like, everybody gets one, the rest are for me. Yeah, exactly. Good. <laughs> I gotta prioritize my needs sometimes, guys. Bagels yeah, are important. Um, but that was that was the last of all the questions. So thank you so much. This was I had such a good time talking to you. I'm so glad you wanted to be on and you joined me. So yeah, absolutely. I'm. I, it was a pleasure to meet you. I know we uh, interact on Twitter sometimes, yeah. so I'm glad that we could finally meet and hopefully meet in person at a Gotham game next yes, season. Next season, I. I'll hopefully be back for the home opener. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I'll be able to be home when they have their home opener, but Good. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I hope I'm, so too. I missed oh, the home opener last year. So I really want to make it to the home opener this year. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, if you can make it work and I'll be yeah. there so we can hang awesome. out. <laughs> yes, for sure. Thank you so much again. And- 
Now, I know Jenna and I just talked about what we thought the final would look like and what we thought was going to happen, but I figured that, you know, we recorded that a few days ago and today the championship happened, so let's just get into what actually happened. So, for those of you who don't know or haven't been following, the final matches between the Chicago Red Stars and the Washington Spirit, and it was at Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, it was originally supposed to be held in Portland, but the match got switched to Kentucky and the fans there really showed up. It was packed and it was amazing to hear the the fans and just the energy seemed absolutely incredible. Lynn Family Stadium's capacity is 11,700 and the final count for fans today was 10,360. So they almost had that place packed as full as it could go. The game kicked off and it was intense from the start. You could definitely tell that both teams really, really wanted it. Both Mallory Pugh and Kelia Watt were big questions for Chicago, with Mal Pugh being back from COVID protocol and Kelia ultimately being out due to an injury sustained in the last game from a tackle. Unfortunately for Chicago, their captain, Vanessa DiBernardo, went down and had to step out in just the 12th minute, and you could tell that like she really didn't want that. Obviously, no one wants to go out that way, but to be the one leading the team and have to unfortunately come out due to, I'm not really sure what happened. I'm not sure if she got hit or was just having trouble with breathing, something like that, but she had to come out and that really sucked. But Chicago was able to dominate the first half with chances and corners. They were able to contain the Spirits front line of Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez. Ashley Hatch also didn't have much action in the first half. Not allowing the ball, the through ball to Trinity was really, really important and Chicago's defense was able to stay on top of that. The Spirit also got some of their own shots off with um, a free kick that Andy Sullivan, their captain, overshot, but overall, Chicago was really able to keep things locked down. A major standout for Chicago's defense was for sure Tata Malazzo. Uh, she's been filling in for Casey Kruger, who's been out with an illness for the past few weeks, and she really had to step up big time and has done so incredibly. The entire first half, she had clean tackles, was able to get onto Sanchez and keep her from passing to Rodman or Hatch. She really was just like all over the place. And I think that she had an absolutely incredible game. And I'm really excited to keep watching her play. She did um, start to get hurt later on in the match and did come out in extra time. But she really pushed through as hard as she could. Cassie Miller, who was Chicago's third-string keeper at the beginning of the season, also stepped up big time with Alyssa Nair and then Emily Boyd both being injured and out. She had some really great saves throughout the first half, and then we got into, you know, the second half. But some other first-half thoughts are that Katie Johnson was really great at getting the ball in and around to create chances. Emily Sonnet also played really well. Aside from a missed tackle or two, she was tracking really well, and I don't usually praise Emily Sonnet because I'm not a big fan of her, but she really was doing a good job. Um, Sam Staub and Tara McKeon were also standouts from the Spirit. I also think that Dorian Bailey played really, really well for them. And then for Chicago, their midfield is always really good. And of course, Sarah Gordon. There's not enough to say about Sarah Gordon. Both teams got a handful of corners in the first half, but they were all very poor and nothing was really able to come from them. However, Chicago was able to put away one um, at the end of stoppage time in the first half to score a goal. Um, the goal was off Rachel Hill from across from Aaron Wright, and they felt comfortable going into the halftime up one, but the Spirit definitely stepped it up the second half with Rodman pushing forward more to create even more chances. In the 66th minute, um, there was a tangle between Tara McKeon and Tierna Davidson in the box, which led to a penalty for the Spirit. 
Andy Sullivan slotted the penalty away. I really didn't think she was going to make it. It wasn't her best penalty that she's ever taken. She didn't really seem to connect with the ball that well. And so it kind of like, I don't know, it looked off target from my vantage point. But obviously it went in. Um, Cassie Miller just didn't die fast enough. And that's one of those situations where it's like really hard to judge someone because you're one person going up against another person and penalties are really hard. Like I don't think I could ever do one. And so Cassie obviously tried her best to save it, but she came up short and the game was tied. The entire second half was truly dominated by the spirit. They just had an energy about them that was not seen on Chicago side. And with Mal Pugh being out for Chicago after a rough tackle at the end of the first half, it was just not looking great for them. And With goal-scoring opportunities, they were having a really hard time finding spots. There were no corners in the second half, and Chicago really thrives off of corners. And so it was really hard for them to get any chances, especially when they would have crosses and there was no one in the box. The game ended up going to extra time, and for those of you who don't know how the extra time rules work, basically they play two 15-minute halves, and so the Spirit was able to score in the first half of extra time, with a header from Kelly O'Hara off a Trinity Rodman assist. And then it kind of stayed that way. Even though they scored, they still had to play the next 15 minutes after that. But the spirit just tightened up. Julia Rodder got a yellow, which was the first of the match, even though it definitely shouldn't have been. There were a lot of physical matchups throughout the thing. A lot of hard tackles. There was one against Tatum Malazzo. um, One against Trinity Rodman. Trinity Rodman and Aaron Wright kind of got into like a little little bit of a tussle I guess if you want to call it that um and so I definitely think that the ref was not super on top of things but it was one of the better refings that we've seen this season in my opinion and so I mean it is what it is but there definitely should have been a lot more yellows one of the final chances Chicago had to equalize came in the 117th minute with a shot from Mackenzie Doniak who literally had so much room like right in the between the two center backs so much room to work with and there was just no one there to follow up with it after she missed it and then Blesdo was able to keep it out and she really proved why she won goalkeeper of the year with this game she had some incredible saves and was really on top of things for the spirit it was also her birthday so what a way to celebrate your birthday winning the NWSL championship So with that being said, the NWSL champions of the 2021 season are the Washington Spirit. Honestly, I am not personally a big Spirit fan. I don't really like them that much. But after having to give up two games due to COVID protocols, changes in coaching, and so much other shit that they had to face with the owner of the team, Steve Baldwin, refusing to sell the team, they kind of deserve this. Like, they have gone through so much. So much so that Andy Sullivan said that the national team environment was less stressful than the club team. And, like, the fact that they were able to just, like, band together and push through what they were going through, even though it's been absolutely ridiculous that they have to be going through this, congrats to them. They truly gave it their all, and it is really exciting to see a team who's never won win the championship. I was personally really hoping for Chicago to pull out a win, especially since they've been in this position so many times before, but it just wasn't in the cards today. Hopefully, Sarah Gordon and company will get them next time. Well, not next year, because next year's Gotham's, but two years from now, hopefully they can pull out the win. Overall, the game was super messy as time went on, and the players did look really tired. 
the season was long. It was a lot physically and mentally on those players, and I hope they get to rest and celebrate in the offseason, and congrats again to the Washington Spirit, who are the 2021 NWCL champions. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Mickey Mike's Up for this episode. I'm kind of sad that the NWCL season is officially over now, and it'll definitely shift the way that I go about this podcast, but... Like I said earlier, there's the college draft and the expansion draft, and there is also um, some U.S. Women's National Team games coming up, which we'll be able to talk about, and before we know it, the season will be starting up. I'll be able to talk a little bit about the Women's Hockey League, because I'm going to be volunteering at a few of their games over my breaks, and um, I just think that there's a lot to talk about, and if you guys have any conversation topics that you would like to see me discuss, please do not hesitate to reach out and send me a message about them. I am so willing to do what you guys would like to hear, and just all the things. Maybe I'll take a little break in January with the start of the next semester. Who knows? As long as you guys listen, I'm going to keep doing this, and with that being said, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Alfano, on Instagram at Mickey Mike's Up, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Thank you guys so much.